for the Oklahoma All-State Wrestling Duel on 27 July. We got Big West Wrestling Coach Cody Rouse. To get started, we got Bride at 113, solid wrestler. What do you know about him? Probably a starter for him and uh, maybe a state qualifier, state placer, probably a couple times state qualifier. But I mean, usually this all state, you know, you're going to get your state champions and your multiple time state champions and your state placers. But at some weights, you know, you get kids that are just solid kids that have been through the program for four years, you know, and uh, They've been good for the team. They're great academically. They're great kids, you know, socially. They're, they're good at, uh, they're just kind of good all around healthy kids for the program and they make all state. And uh, that's cool. You see a lot of cool stuff like that. It's not always the absolute best kid in the way because that might be an underclassman kid from another side of the state. Right. And, you know, as coaches, when you turn in kids for all state, you get to turn them in at two different weights. They had to certify it that way at some point during the season. And you just, like I said, you get some interesting matchups. You get some rematches. Uh, I'm excited. It's going to be awesome. So for, uh, I mean, 113, I mean, we got uh, Christian Forbes. Um, I, I believe he's signed at uh, University of Oklahoma. He's been around forever. Um, I don't know if he might have won it this, this year. Like, uh, you got it up here. Uh, yes, second, sir. Second state. And he's one of them kids, too, that he's been at, like, 106, 113. He's wrestled a lot of international stuff. I know he's a good wrestler, but, I mean, 6A, 106-113 has been a grind the past few years. And... Um, yeah, he's solid. That uh, that'll be a matchup where I would see the East definitely being favored in. Oh yeah. What about uh, man? We got James Peach, man. You you know I got a soft spot for uh, Caleb Kerr, dude. His dad's coming from Geary. It is what it is, but you know I got a soft spot for that. So what do you think about that matchup, man? Peach on Kerr. Uh, Peach beat Hunter uh, Jackson in the semis at state this year. Um, he is a senior and he was big, solid kid, and I know he's a a really good wrestler. State runner up to Cannon Ackland, you know, which is not a feat to bat your eyes at. He's a, he's a good wrestler, but uh, it'll be interesting. Kerr's, I think Kerr's going to wrestle somewhere in uh, Kansas. I'm not positive. I know, pretty sure. And I think Peach is going to wrestle somewhere. So, I mean, that's cool when you see kids that have something to work towards as they graduate. You know, they're probably training for this All-State match, and that's, uh, that's probably a toss-up. You know, Kerr will push the pace and go, and Peach will be big and physical. So, be interesting. At 126. Uh, Nate Hutchinson and Jonah Hanscom, excuse me. Um, Hanscom was a, uh, a state qualifier, at least I know. Um, and like I said, dude, there's a, uh, someone who's not wrestling at one of these weights. I know the Ada kid, I think, got in. How does that work if they're on the list and then they get dropped? Something happens and a kid can't wrestle. Some committee that gets together and selects these kids um, that I was not a part of. It's a kind of a, a committee they do right after season once they... Uh, get the selection going. Yeah, there's stuff going around. Right. Stuff's going. That's that's kind of the only knock I would say to Allstate is just being almost six months. Why can't they do it like right afterward? You probably could. You could set it up. In, in my in my mind, here's what I'm thinking, right? So you could do the state wrestling tournament, right? And then right after that, do the Allstate. It'd be cool. It'd be cool. But I mean, it sounds like a great idea. It'd be cool. But I don't want to see it push any other sports, you know, force any kids to make decisions and stuff like that. So it is what it is. And we get some great matchups and the kind of the fun of it sometimes is you'll see kids that uh, rematch from state. One of them might not be in shape like they were and you get to see a different, uh, a different outcome. So that's, that's cool about it. One of my, one of my favorite stories that I've heard about the all state matches is a kid showing up looking like a uh, Royal Nelson. Oh, I, it was my kid. I, <laughs> 
I told him he looked like Chuck Liddell. <laughs> Chuck Liddell used to fight with that beer belly and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, yeah. He, it was it was somebody like that. that just uh, he showed up and he once stayed at 182 and wasn't you know that was his career after that he was done and had a great career and uh, he's wrestling a kid that actually won D2 nationals this year uh, for UCO. No, no shit. Yeah, uh, from Casha Hall, um, really good wrestler and uh, so he shows up and I think at, at Allstate you know they try to give you a 10 pound allowance they want you to be within yeah. 10 pounds and one, 192 is what you need to weigh he weighed like 220 or something ridiculous just it, and he got whipped and rightfully so it was cool it was uh, it was memorable to say the least that was, that was probably one of the, the greatest father-in-law son-in-law moments because father-in-law always talks about all you need to do is have a good double because you know what happens if you don't get the double you can get a single and once you get them down you got a good half and sure as shit he was wrestling that total kid half team pending took him down half team pending my father-in-law took him and I was like alright I got you man yeah he, uh, you know when you're 6'5 wrestling 182 <laughs> <laughs> he was mean, very unorthodox, and you know, probably I, I know one of the few wrestlers that I've coached that have won at that level that you know just didn't do a lot of high level wrestling, just uh, kept it simple and stuck to some of the basic stuff. And his long, lanky uh, frame, you know, kind of paved the way for a lot of it. So, do you think so. that's a? I didn't mean to talk over there, my bad. Do, do you think that sometimes people do that? For example, I see a lot of uh, youth kids, right? Parents feed them more information than they need to know when they just stick to the basics and then by the time they're there they, they can do this really elite move but then at the same time they don't stick to the basics it is man i teach a lot of simple basics and uh you can tell as a coach every once in a while you got to throw some crap in there for kids to you know to spark their excitement and it's cool i like doing stuff like that and you know it's a uh, it's part of the fun with our sport and you get to see a lot of that cool stuff you know with freestyle and greco just around here but we stay, no, stay basics, you know, and I remember my first probably two or three years here with uh, Elgin, at least, I wasn't showing kids how to roll around on the mat and do Grambys, do Petersons, do a sit out, and do, wasn't doing anything on the mat, just showing kids how to get, just to stand to your feet, get off bottom, and get you one point, you know, and uh, it, it paid off, and then I saw our program needing what, um, you know, we got kids where they were standing up and we saw, I saw the program needing where we needed to transition to wrestling on the mat and we were able to do that. And, uh, you know, that's just where I like to start our basis from, you know, just standing up, not rolling around on the mat and uh, simple things like that. Hey, man, 132, uh, you got Zach Blake and shit, man. Yeah. On the, on the east side, dog. And, you know, you know he's, he's a good, he's a tough kid, you know, but... He he has to wrestle the brown kid from West City. Uh, that also wrestles for for Kerr. Uh, that he was a, he took third at state. So Brown solid. Brown is a good athlete. I know that I've seen him wrestle since he's in eighth grade at least with some other kids from our school. And he's a great athlete. Placed at a tough weight at state. Just a good solid wrestler. I don't know what his plans are um, after after this and everything as far as wrestling in college. But I do know what Blankenships are. He's signed at OSU. Uh, phenomenal athlete. The explosion and someone that size is ridiculous and that'll be some a match where they're highly favored in kids like that need to wrestle in this you know top kids in the state need to wrestle in this right. we need to showcase that even if you're wrestling someone that um does not have the credentials you do you need to go out you need to wrestle you need to show out for our state and it's an honor you know and a lot of kids don't see it when they're in school looking back at it now at least for me you know being able to wrestle in this event 17 years ago you know bro right? i don't know dog you're getting old dog <laughs> But no, 2005, 
five and um, to come back and coaching it now 17 years later I haven't got a chance to look at the list you know and it's something I'm interested in and I'm sure if anybody listens that stat chasers or good stuff like that Nathan Jackson might be all over this but uh, no, he I'd like to see what coaches have coached in this event and wrestled in this event you yeah. know just uh, I think it's an honor you know and, and it's something that's going to be cool and you just get to go out there and there's no pressure on you to win a duel or anything well like, I want to win I'm going to encourage my kids to do everything possible right. to win but hey it is what it is we're going to go out and do good things for our sport showcase our sport in a uh, high level hell yeah so are they training leading up to this I know uh, at least I don't know when they stopped but when I was doing it many moons ago and at least I think Casey as well but uh, which that's also a cool step not a lot of brothers get to wrestle we're able to say that and we're proud of that but hell yeah. just uh, kids are going to train if they're going to wrestle somewhere more than likely you know they're going to train and then kids that are not they're going to train some of them are too I know Ryland you know he's going just to go to OSU next year and be a student and but he's been working out, you know. He's ready to go. Yeah. He wants to wrestle again. He, he wants to yeah. compete. And it'll be cool because I think Kitty's wrestling. We'll get to that later. But, I mean, he'll do well. But like, when I was going back to what, when I was there and stuff, you know, you'd have to go and stay for a day or two and practice. I know we had at least two practices, which well, they weren't killer, you know. They just wanted to assess and see what was going on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, kids take it decently serious. Do the best they can. A lot of these kids are coming back from Fargo, too, you know. Just yeah. Just Fargo. Yeah. So it's- Moving on to 138, Mike Edwards. He was on the east side. He took fourth in state. Your cat, so, Muse. Dude, this this dude, I, I know who this kid is, man. He took second in state. He lost to the roller kid like one point, man. You know, so th- this should be. Yeah, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Muse at least won. I don't know his stats, but, but he's a hell of a wrestler, and he's extremely athletic and uh, just ran into roller this year. He's bus all, and that happens, you know. That's good for our state to see underclassmen coming up, being with these kids. But uh, he's a phenomenal athlete. But Mike Edwards is tough, too, and he'll. It'll yep. be in your face. Um, it'll be it'll be a good match. I think we'll be favored in that. Well, one. Edwards is the one that lost. Uh, he lost Pioli yeah. for third and fourth. Yeah. Hey, either way, Pioli's a good kid, man. I know he's done freestyle with us and stuff. That I, sucks. That's unfortunate. I don't know the situation with that. Well, I do know looking at it, it's just that's east west side yeah. thing. You know, I was I was nervous about Ryland, you know, because the Mustang kids, a two time state champion as well, and great wrestler, and him and Ryland just on the same side of the state until the end. You know, Ryland deserves to be that guy dominance right. he had in the past you know two seasons let alone three or four you know he had just a great solid career but no I think he used to be favored in okay so uh, 145 for for your side we got J.P. Martinez now J.P. Martinez so he gets second at regionals right Yes. And he goes back at state and wins the rematch. What's what's the dynamics when you're wrestling somebody in the state finals third or fourth what's the mentality coming into that So you're kind of talking like that so if I if I win regionals and then I have that rematch in the state finals, you talk or 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 you lose, you get second. You know, vice versa. Um, my my sophomore year, I lost in the finals at regionals, and then didn't have the rematch at state. He got beaten in the semis. So um, you know that was one of those unique opportunities. He was a bad match for me. He's big, strong senior. It was a bad matchup for me, and. Um, he got beat, and then it ended up being a little better matchup. The kid had never wrestled before, and it happens. But, you know, having that uh, getting beat, you know, it just depends on kind of how the match goes. You know, if you're controlled the whole match and stuff and things like that happen, you're like, dang, all right, we uh, we got to figure something out. But if you find some sort of light in the end of that match, if something motivates you at the end, whether you escape with 10 seconds left or uh, you ride a kid out at the end of a period, you know, um, 
that's that's a good feeling going into because you know going into that match all right here's an opening you know now i just gotta pounce on it and then uh, vice versa if you're the kid that wins you know i had i didn't have a state final matchup until my uh a regional state final matchup until my senior year and um pending in the finals at regionals in third period pending in the finals at state in third period you know but they were tight matches real tight matches and uh Honestly, I didn't, I pinned him at regionals, but my mindset going from regionals to state was not, I pinned this kid, I'm gonna win state. It was, all right, maybe I caught him, maybe I got lucky here. I need to find other ways to close doors so it's not that close, you know, and just found the same opportunity. It happened, made adjustments, and it was good. Cause that kid had beat me two weeks previous in the chicken shake finals or three weeks previous, you know? And I remember my adjustments from there to regionals and my mindset was, there's nothing I thought about with him every single day until we won that match. And then I knew, and it might not have been his, but me thinking as a competitor, I thought he went home every single day and was like, I'm going to do this, this, and this. So it motivated me and ha having a good mindset and being able to do things like that um, is what I'm trying to pass along to these kids, you know, letting, letting things like that motivate you mentally and how to win these mental matchups, you know, cause that's, that's mental warfare right there with your, no, opponent, it is. You know? yeah, yeah. and, uh, the mental warfare is a big part of it. And uh, I don't know, I think I see kids nowadays doing really, really well with that because kids are uh, inviting competition, you know, and not running from weights. You know, you just see with the whole Jordan Williams, John Wiley, Ferrari, you know, weight this year. Them kids could have bounced to different weights and done done fine, you know, and, uh, but no, they all stayed there. They competed and they had that mindset. And um, it's just interesting because those kids are kind of a level where they know this isn't the end. I might not have won state my senior year, but you know, I'm gonna see these kids later on in NCAA or something like that, hopefully, you know, and all, yeah, the, all sure. three of those kids have the capability to do something like that. When it comes to that, who do you think has the advantage coming into the rematch at state? For example, uh, Randy Couture. One of the, the biggest things he always said was, is that when looking back on him in the Chuck Liddell matches, the, the five matches, and I bring up Randy Couture because he was a wrestler for OSU back in the day. But he, he always said the person that loses has the advantage based I, off how he lost, right? I, I agree. I agree. But, I mean, I just – then that puts me in this weird headspace where I'm like, man, am I praising kids for not winning or do I – but it is all about how a match finishes. And that's how, like, when we preach to these kids in practice, you know, hey, you're winning the match by eight points or something or seven points. It, it's not a team situation. It's a, it's a, a you versus person situation. And – you're wrestling on that season, you're winning by seven or eight points, and with 30 seconds left, you let this kid reverse you or escape, and you just kind of, you know, you win by six or something like that. That person has something to build on. I feel like they're, if they're coached right and they're motivated right, you know, they're going to build on that, you know, 100%. But um, I think you nailed it when you said if, if they're coached right, because I, I think. Yeah. I, I, think it, I think it's coachability, right? Because if even if you win, they have to know what they did wrong, right? And they have to know how they can prove because that person that lost knows he did something wrong. He lost. You know what I mean? And you know what's weird with that, too, is then you get, like, a parent that doesn't see what you're doing as a coach. And they're like, why isn't, why isn't that coach ripping my kid's ass? He just lost by, you know, seven points. And I'm like, no, your kid did something at the end 
that we're going to build on, we're going to motivate, and we're going to close the window. And you're going to see at some point in this season right. where we might not win the next one. It might be a closer match where we're in overtime or something, but then we're going to win that next one. You know, yeah. we're going to close that gap. And that's that's a coach needing to realize, you know, hey, I need to build on this kid instead of dog him. You know, there's a time yeah. where you need to get on the kid and say, all right, you know, this is what happened, and you're not going to find a lot. Uh, positive to say and you have to know your kids when you're doing stuff like that but good strong-minded kids you you can challenge like that and uh, you can challenge them to to do stuff like that mentally and it'll uh, it'll work in your favor so it's a he like says one of those mental mental warfare things you have to do as a coach and it's cool you know I, I like things like that I like being able to give kids positive mindsets and you know things to build on instead of uh, but you know when I was saying what, what we preach in practice is don't give that kid that if you're on top you know pound that kid's ass into the ground and drive your toes into the mat keep their face into the mat until every single second ticks off that clock and then you get off of that person and that person's thinking alright shit you know what am I going to do to go back I, there's no window this person gave me you know and then that's where you get to that uh, level and especially in high school where that kid will go back and be like I'm not going to work I'm not going to I'm just going to get through that's a kid I can't beat it is what it is I'm not going to outwork them but people that have that mindset that you need to have to be a successful wrestler or a successful human you know or successful in your job or anything like that is alright I'm going to go back get to work let's do it yeah. Uh, at, at state this year, there was a kid that lost. Uh, I walked up to him and I thought, "Man, it's okay, dude. You made it to state as a freshman, all right? My senior year, the best I did was fifth at regionals. I never made it to this game show. You know, just just be proud of what you did, right? But as I walked off, I was like, "Man, shit. I don't know if I should have said that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I should have said that. You know, because." I, I like the fact that he, he's not accepting, you know, defeat at the time. You know yeah, I mean? and, you know, when I first got here, when I was dealing with, you know, just trying to instill, you know, my my values and my my wrestling and stuff into it, and, and not that it wasn't here because it was, and it, it had great, great roots. It's just uh, being able, when I, when I came in and wanted to, it was a lot of that. It was like, hey, we're doing good things. We're here and that. But now we're to the point where, you know, and I've had conversations with him and he, he can handle it, you know, just, hey, we need to do better than that, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we need to do better than that, though. Yeah. And, and that's, sometimes that's all I need to say to him. You yeah. Know, we need to do better than that. And he knows and he sees some disappointment there. And it's not disappointment. It's just, I know things can happen better, you know? So. Yeah. Uh, man, where we at? Uh, 52. Yeah. Oh, Cameron Sneed, man, he took first at 52. He he he's going up against uh, Bam West. He took third at state and sixth day. So we got a five A versus six day right right here. Uh, yeah, Steed's good, man. He's a four timer. Uh, he's a hell of a wrestler. I think he's going to Missouri. I think he's going to Missouri. I know he's good. He's probably training, ready to do it. Uh, Bam West. I don't know where he's going to wrestle. I'm sure he is. He's extremely talented that'll be an interesting matchup you know just like i said it depends on a lot how those kids are training you know i bet they go out and let it fly and it's interesting that's one of those matches where you can see a kid getting pinned just because they're going out there letting it fly at least that's what i hope i hope it's not conservative you know but if it is those are also fun to watch with a name like bam though he's had a you gotta be a wild card duck he's had there's been several of them um, brothers that have been around that wrestled. Uh, one wrestled for Heritage Hall. Um, one wrestled at Deer Creek. 
they've, they've been around wrestling a while, and, you know, wrestling family. So it's a, it'd be a good matchup. You know, I, I probably I'd give the East side the favorite on that just because Steve, you know, Steve's four time is good. Hey, moving on to the next one, let me look at the bracket real quick. Cause I, I know these two cats was in the same bracket. I don't know if they was in the same originals though. I'm talking about uh, Jordan Williams and John Wilder. They were not in the same regional. Um, they were not in the same regional, so uh, they so were they was on the opposite side of the bracket. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, same regional would have been Ferrari and um, Jordan Williams. So then I believe it's Stillwater would have went East. So uh, yeah, that would have been Williams winning at regionals. The crazy thing about this is they do have a mutual opponent, and that's the Ferrari kid, right? Yes. They both lost to him by what, one point? Uh, yeah, Ferrari beat Wiley 3-2, to two, and then Ferrari beat Jordan Williams in the tiebreaker. So, I mean, that was just, those were matches, man. That was like, that's one of the toughest brackets out of probably So, seen. it's very easy, easy to say that these kids could have been state champions at anywhere else. I believe, I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from like Jackson Randall or anybody like that, but yeah, I think they're the best kids in that way, you know, like and around that area. They're, they're, they're really good wrestlers and, uh, that's just, that's a cool matchup, you know, uh, it should be a banger, man. I know. I know. John Wiley, I think is going to OU if I'm not mistaken. And then OSU with Jordan Williams, they're, uh, they're, they'll hook it up. It'd be cool. I mean, I don't know how much either of them has been training. I don't think either of them went to Fargo, um, but I bet, I bet they're training. It'd be cool. You know, um, just going off of, if you had to give like a, a line on it, I'd say Jordan Williams would be a little favorite in that one. All right. All right. So, hey, 170. The dude, Jackson Randall. Him and uh, him, him and your 182-pounder. I think I, yes, I, I was uh, thinking they was in the same bracket. They right? were at State. Jackson Randall beat uh, Ben Maurer in uh, the one. They wrestled in the, in the state finals. And that's one of those things where that coach, you know, uh, Dell, you know, when he was at Edmund Mortal, you know, coach of the year. And that's because he did something smart. He turned his kid in at 170 and 182. And he happened to be the best one, you know, in that area. And he got it. And so that'll... Uh, I'll put him at 82 for us, and that's cool. You know, it's kids that wrestle each other in the state championship getting to be you know, right, right. combo right there. And Mauer, I don't know his plans or anything afterwards, but he's wrestling Garrett Wells from Glenpool. I don't know what Gales, or Wells is doing. I know Wells is good, though, and Wells is coming off of a Fargo All-American you know, this past week. So uh, that'll make for an interesting matchup. I know he's training, and he's uh, ready to go. So All-American at Fargo just this past week. So uh, I think the favorite might there might be a little edge to Wells just because I know he's training. He's training hard right now probably, and uh, it's interesting. It'll make a good matchup. And then just back, just kind of moving along here, that you go back to back to back, three Edmund guys right there. Yeah. Uh, not all Edmund uh, one school, but Edmund North and Edmund Memorial, Edmund Memorial, and. Uh, Eli Cordy, who got second at state to Jersey Rob, which is, you know, the, a really talented wrestler. And he's wrestling Tank Feltz from Pryor, who uh, is a solid wrestler, second at state. You know, you have uh, two state runner-ups. They're just solid senior wrestlers. I think that will be a match that I I clearly do not know a favorite. And so, I mean, I think there'll be two that'll go out there and lay it on the line. It'll be interesting to see what happens. 
We're on 220 now, right? Uh, yeah, we're on a 220 with Hayden Simpson and uh, Elijah Haynes, and that's going to be a hell of a match. Elijah Haynes is good. You know, he's a good wrestler, 6A state champion. But Hayden Simpson, you know, he's he's dangerous. Uh, Hayden Simpson's dangerous with some throws and just being a good, solid kid, winning state. I know he All-American in Fargo last year, I believe, and uh, he's a good wrestler. And, uh, yeah, I watched that. I watched that kid wrestle one of our kids this year. At, yeah, State Jace. Uh, he, he looks like he's a pretty solid kid, man. He can wrestle, and what will happen is Haynes will go out, and even if Haynes gets in, you know, starts controlling the match, Simpson won't be out of it. He'll have some dangerous stuff, you know, and he'll go for broke on it, and uh, it works a lot of times in his favor. So that's exciting as a coach has somebody on your team like that, you know. I don't think this will be, I'll call it right now, I don't think this will be a match won by points in any means. I think this is a guns blazing, someone's getting pinned. Okay. So that'll be interesting. All right, now to one of our uh, favorite kids, the heavyweights, Rylan Hit. Yes, sir. He uh, wrestles uh, Caleb Phillips. Uh, now, Caleb Phillips, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's the only kid Rylan didn't pin, right? Yeah, he's the only match Rylan didn't pin this season. You know, he... Uh, he won six to one, I believe, in the finals or something. Um, controlled the match. And same kid he wrestled in the finals as a junior. You know, yeah. kid's extremely talented. He's a know? gamer. He uh, he's the same thing. He pinned every single person this year. You know, there's no competition for Caleb Phillips over there. He he whips everybody. Whipped everybody last year. Good solid wrestler. I, I, he's going to wrestle at Oklahoma Wrestling, I believe. I don't hold me to that, but I know he's. He's going to compete somewhere, and, and rightfully so. He's good. You know, he just ran into Rylan, who's an absolute buzzsaw. And, um, you know, it's just a different type of strength when you wrestle Rylan. And the, the rematch, I'm sure, is going to be um, a good match, you know, because Caleb Phillips, like I said, if he's going to wrestle, he's training. So, I mean, they'll yeah. be ready, and it'll be a good match. Rylan's a gamer, and uh, Rylan will want to go out and dominate. And wouldn't be surprised if Rylan went out there and did the same or – if it was a tighter match and made it interesting, you know, it's it is what it is. I hope I hope it's uh, I hope it's good for Island and uh, I hope it's just good for heavyweight wrestling. You know, in large, large school, all state, and uh, like I said, just Rylands. I told uh, I was talking to somebody the other day. Just I'll never I won't have another wrestler probably just as automatic as Ryland has been. You know, as as far as automatic, it's not just winning matches. I knew he was going to go out there and he's going to pin people. And if I needed six points, it's going to happen. He's going to be good for thirty five points every single tournament because he's going to pin six people. You know, and that's hard to make up for as a coach that wants to compete in team races and wants to wants to do well and wants kids to. Uh, see their team succeeding but we the good thing about that is not we're losing him not that that's good but we're other kids have seen that you know jace and colin yeah move forward and everybody around there you know they've seen the domination they've seen how it's happened and uh, they see the work ethic they see how it happened they saw it develop they know yes rylan is extremely blessed to be stronger than just an ox but they've also seen him in there working his butt off in the weight room doing all the right things being a good person you know taking care of what he needs to take care of so uh it's just good it's good to have that in your program i had it with jacob butler he was a great example where kids could not uh they could not say anything about his work ethic and they could not say that he won matches because he was lucky or Rylan was lucky by any means they they saw it physically happen and that makes your team better when they see that you know um 
they saw that it wasn't easy, but it's not going to be easy. Speaking of Ryland, there was a story that you told me about a tournament y'all was at this year. And Ryland pins this kid that was just out of this world physically looking. You know, when you when you explained to me the excitement of the crowd and his parents, dude, they gave me chills, man. I'm trying to think who the kid was. But you said his dad stood up and flexed real hard. Oh, it was uh, Ryland's sophomore year. He beat uh, Webb, who was three-time state champion, you know, going for his third that year, nationally ranked. One of the strongest humans. I mean, he's huge. He's, yo, we got Brock Lesnar out there. And he did, man. He's huge. And Ryland goes out there, gets down five to nothing, gets put in a cradle, and just, dude, holds the cradle for a minute. Can you imagine putting Ryland in a cradle and holding him for it's a whole bad dude, man. Can't pin him, holds him there. Bad dude. But it, it's crazy. And you, I saw it happen in the match. Ryland gets out of the cradle, gets on bottom, losing five to nothing, still alive. Gets an escape five to one. I looked at that kid's eyes the second period. I said, "Holy crap, he's dead tired because he's held a cradle with a three hundred pound man for a minute, you know." And good things started happening. We started to push the pace and just broke him to the point where I mean, he couldn't walk. I mean, pretty much just rolled over Ryland pinned him, and it was awesome. And that's that was the turning point, you know, where I saw Ryland go from all right, I'm a good, talented wrestler to I'm that dude, you know. Right. Let's go, I'm that dude, and. Uh, that was cool just to see his, his his dad's excitement to see you know our, our team's excitement mm-hmm. for kids just to see that happen and to see somebody of that physical nature get beat by somebody that just outworked them you know and just outworked right, right. them you know and taking nothing away from that kid that kid comes from a long line of hard working strong country just great wrestling family you know it's just found a way to get it done and uh, like I said Brown's special man and uh, he'll be a great successful human one day so as 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 a coach now you are awarded 5a coach of the year this year and now you're coaching all state right what, what does that mean to you being that you and your brother both got the opportunity to wrestle in all state now here you are coaching in all state what does that mean to you uh, it's special, man. I just, I see all these coaches that have been here before me that, you know, were around when I was wrestling and I respect and just uh, to see this, the young group that I've been around that I've either wrestled with or have connections with and just to see that way of coming through and being able just to coach their kids and to coach these good kids in the state of Oklahoma means a lot. You know, I, uh, I appreciate the honor and I'm, I'm proud to have, you know, a lot of hard work recognized. I mean, I try not to, uh, to ever you know boast about anything but there's there's a lot of hard work put into this you know and just a lot of time a lot of effort a lot of family sacrifice and um it's just i like to see it come to fruition and um you know being able and fortunate enough to win five a coach of the year is cool because you know that's a that's an honor that's chosen by the referees you know so that makes me feel good that i'm not being an ass to the rest anymore you know and (laughs) <laughs> unless it's absolutely necessary and you know right, right. And, and they they more than anybody get to see how your kids are developing you know right. they see the relationship you have with their kids with your kids you know and they see how your kids behave on the mat and you know some of the greatest you know compliments is i'll have a referee pull one of my kids off and my kids are not perfect by any means they'll act like asses after matches they'll uh, they'll celebrate they'll do things that they're not typically supposed to but they're also teenage kids and you know i understand emotions but you know i've had a referee pull a kid aside and say hey coach i'll strangle you if you do that again and, <laughs> and that's that's cool man because they they know that most of my kids you know they fall under that 
that line where we respect the sport and we respect what we're doing and um, they see my kids developing and they, they see our program developing and and it's uh like i said it's a lot of a lot of hard work a lot of time and it's not it's not just me and and, and my family by any means it's uh, it's our our community and our coaches that help out you know with every single person that's been involved carter was great this year and yeah, and um you know jack coming in is going to be great but you and nathan and chad and just uh Vidal and every single person that's been in instrumental and in, you know in our program in con there and and put in time with these kids is is crucial you know it, it's crucial and um it's appreciated and we're headed in the right direction and just uh it just it's one of those things where you know i would be lying if i went into every single season not wanting to be you know coach of the year you know i want to be the best i want to be the best i want to be the best coach i can for these kids i want to do everything i can to give them the best version of myself and my staff and our community and uh it's cool. It's just something to, I, I've been looking forward to it all summer, you know, just because it's been a great summer of recharging, training, getting kids right, getting our mentality right for a school year where we have big expectations, you know, we have big expectations as a football program moving up to 5A, you know, we're not, we're not anybody's stepchild. We're going to go in there and we're yep. going to compete and we're going to, we're going to let it be known that, I mean, even if we have, if we do take any lumps, we're, we're going to assess it and build and, and we'll find a way to get better we're smart enough as a coaching staff and as a community to get better and to compete in that aspect we have big um big um expectations for a wrestling team this year i think we'll be extremely extremely good if, if pieces fall in kids stay healthy you know and we just continue to train the way we need to train and get kids developed to where they need to be you know so um but back to the all-state you know this is kind of just the end of the summer and then you know the next week we go into teachers meetings and then practice starts august 9th for football school starts the 9th and we're just we're running you know we're ready to go but uh i'm excited i'm excited to see this group of seniors go out there and wrestle and um just to uh it's an honor to coach them and you know it won't, it won't be me going in there with any strategic mindset as a coach it's just encouraging these kids know how to wrestle you know i can help them in certain situations and and, and positionings and and maybe when they're not thinking clearly be able to give them an avenue but these kids know how to wrestle so i'll go in there and just enjoy it and uh you know it's just an honor to do do something like that and um it's a big event Bigsby High School Wednesday next week. Uh, what, what's the date on that? The twenty seventh, I believe. Yes, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday the twenty seventh, Bigsby High School at seven p.m. Um, you know, large West, large East, also small East, small West will be wrestling. Um, and then today the girls wrestling all state, which I, I don't believe is fully sanctioned. I think this is kind of a trial run for it. The next year, something we need to be doing. We need to be building girls wrestling, and we are. We're doing a good job as a state. Three cadet All Americans, at least one junior All American. I know, and uh, us being fortunate to have one of those cadet All Americans is something. You know, we're we're champion girls wrestling. So when it comes to girls <coughs> wrestling, you know, we we got Symphony this year. She All American. How important is it? It's crucial, and I mean, she she continuously does things for our program. You know that champions girls wrestling and helps build. You know, um, we had two girls this year that are also state placers with. Carly and uh, Chanel, you know, and that's a 
girls that I'm not saying wouldn't have done that without Symphony, but Symphony's a great motivator and she's a great job of encouraging these girls and showing them that same thing with these boys. You know, there's an avenue if you work hard enough. You know, there's an avenue. And, you know, those are two girls that, uh, you know, not even speaking of Symphony, speaking about Carly, you know, and, uh, and Chanel, you know, they're state placers that, you know, Carly being just a first year wrestler, Chanel being a second year, you know, they they have an avenue where they could go wrestle in college if they wanted to now you know they have the athletic build they have the uh mindset so it's just it's a different out different out for them different outlet and um symphony helps pave the way for that you know she's she's fantastic and uh her going in all-american is just it was cool because as a coach i've seen her set the goal and accomplish the goal so many times you know right so it, it, it's it's great that's what you want and you know um, a lot of coaches and, and a lot of people see that, that from the outside, they say, oh, well, she goes, she gets coached, she gets trained by all these other people. That's fantastic for me. You know, I want that. I encourage that just because, you know, she needs to see this. She needs to be involved. She, and she has fantastic coaches that coach her throughout the summer. And I, I trust that they're, they're doing, um, you know, things that are nothing but for her benefit, you know, because Oklahoma yeah. has fantastic coaches like that. And, and I'm proud, you know, and I'm secure as her coach to know that it's not going to change what she does when she comes back here. It's not going to change the person she is. It's not going to change the leader she is in here. So, yeah, by all means, you know, I encourage kids to go and to seek training from other avenues and other coaches and, and other outlets, you know, just because, you know, it's just she's a prime example. You know, she's going to be a junior this year, and uh, it's already sad. I wish she was a, a freshman again all over every year. You know, she's a great wrestler, a great champion for the sport. And Oklahoma is doing a fantastic job. I mean, last year compared to the year before, it's it's tremendous the strides we make, and I look forward to the strides we make this year as uh, as a wrestling community to champion girls wrestling, to have all state for girls, you know, to have a dual state for girls. I think that's a fantastic idea, you know, and I'm a coach that coaches both programs right now. And you're starting to see schools throughout the state pop up with girls coaches and, and, you know, directors of wrestling operations that are managing um, girls and boys programs and stuff like that. And, you know, here we're a 5A school where I get to manage the junior high, the boys and the girls. And yes, it is spread thin and it does, put a lot on us as a coaching staff and puts a lot on me, but uh, I enjoy it. I don't want to lose girls wrestling. I don't want to lose coaching girls wrestling. I don't want to lose coaching boys wrestling. I want to do them both. And I want to in invest as much time into both as possible and just keep bringing in staff with, you know, Rob coming in to help this year and everybody I can to help girls wrestling. I don't ever want to be not involved with it just because right. I've, I've grown grown to love it you know when i first got involved in coaching you know it's just it's something that i wasn't i never really coached girls you know it wasn't something that i grew up around a tremendous amount there's always girls wrestlers you know we always had them wrestling but it was never girls competing against girls and then when that started to happen and you start seeing the mindset that was taken with that and you start seeing these girls coming in and training and competing it, it was awesome as a coach you know and Probably the coolest part of it is not the not so much the great wrestlers, the good wrestlers, you know. Um, it's the ones that I've seen from day one that know absolutely nothing about wrestling, nothing. And you get them to step on a mat, and then you see them 
place at state or something, you're like, that's freaking awesome because you got to teach them every single thing they know about right. wrestling pretty much, unless they're doing outside research. And But you know, you're the foundation for that. So you see that in them and it's cool. And you get to see that happen instantly with girls wrestling because it's not, at least, you know, it's not developed forward as far as, um, a lot of other states so it is new you know you get to see a lot of fresh competition there's not 20 hammers in one weight you know there's five of them and the rest of them are clawing and scratching to get that last place you know and stuff like that that's that's good but eventually it, it will be where you know everybody in that weight is at that position but it's cool uh, girls wrestling is fantastic there's a lot of good girls coaches um you don't have to be a female to be a good girls coach you don't have to be a male to be a good male coach you don't have to be anything you just have to be passionate about what you do and you have yeah. to uh um i don't know you have to you have to love wrestling and it's something that i definitely uh have passion for and just not because of the sport and what it what it does for you physically and stuff like that, just for the mental and the, the lifestyle that it uh, transitions you into later on in life, not only male, but female, you know, I, I know lots of good females that are great, outstanding mothers and citizens that have been wrestlers and attributed to wrestling, you know? So sometimes people don't understand how much effort goes into coaching, right? Uh, when, I was going, when I was going to college, I had the opportunity to do my internship with you, right? And I had to do so many hours. Within the first month, I was done with my internship hours, right? I was following you around. And so some people would think, like, how does one have time to have a, to coach a girls program and a boys program, right? I, I feel like you got it figured out to a T. No, not not to a T by any means. I mean, a lot of our stuff right now, we just, we do together. You know, our boys yeah. and girls travel together. We try to set up duels with you know, teams that have girls teams and stuff like that. But it is, it is to the point where we're starting to branch out a little bit and I need to send the girls somewhere when I'm going somewhere with the boys right. or vice versa, you know, don't ever think that I would be opposed to going with the girls and sending the boys with somebody, you know, I, I, I value both programs in, in that manner. You know, I, I truly do. I'm not just saying that, you know, we, uh, I, just, I don't think a lot of people realize quite yet how, you know, I think Elgin is crucial in growing girls wrestling in the state of Oklahoma. We, you know, we won the first junior high girls state championship. You know, we we put out multiple junior high girls state champion. We put out high school girls state champion. You know, we we're doing everything we can to champion girls wrestlers, girl wrestlers down here. So it's a it's something that I want to just make sure that people are um, aware of. You know, and just that we're. We're doing everything possible to be recognized and to uh, put girls out there at the forefront of this movement for, you know, for girls wrestling. But as far as managing the time, you know, it's something that never, uh, never turns off, you know, it never does. Um, it's 24 seven. Um, you can ask my wife so, some days I will absolutely lose my mind. Cause I'll show her, I'll say, Hey, look, there's 45 text messages here from 45 different people. And it's, it's overwhelming at times, but you handle that, you know, and, uh, it's a, she'll say some good stuff sometimes. It's just that, you know, isn't this awesome that you're getting, you know, people depend on you to do this. People need this to happen. And yes, it is. It is. And um, I'm glad I can be a part of things like that because when I transitioned from selling 
you know, medical stuff and going into this. I didn't want to do that just because it was a 24 seven. You're always on, but it's on for something that I truly was not passionate about. I wasn't, you know, it was there so I could make, make a dollar and have a living, you know, now, you know, I want to invest into this because it's the bigger picture. It's not just going and making a living. It's because it's something I care about and something that I'm invested in. So it's not, not, the mindset is not I go go to work. It's that you know you're going to invest every single day in something that it's going to grow your community. It's going to grow you know for your children coming up through the program, coming up through the grade school system. You know, so it's overall about the big investment and not not working so much, but doing a better job of being able to manage time when I'm not wrestling. To you know to just focus on other things, focus on things that I'm passionate about outside of coaching and sports. And it's a, it's good, you know, when you're 35 and you can start to figure stuff out like that a little bit. You know, know Coach, you know. It'll slap me in the face here soon. Don't worry. You know, that's just, that's what life will do to you too. Just when, just when you, uh, got things going and you're trying to, uh, establish something, there's going to be some sort of obstacle. There's going to be some sort of adversity, you know, all our coach Wyatt been preaching all summer. There's going to be some adversity, you know, and uh, yeah. how you handle that adversity is probably the most important thing. And having, having a great support system with your friends and family and school system and community is, is good. What I like about uh, your situation is where you're at now is uh, you're also not only coaching wrestling, you're also coaching football, right? Uh, you're, you're helping out with that. Yeah. And, uh, and I love I, it. I feel like y'all got uh, a really good support team. You talked about it a little bit in, in our last podcast, as far as uh, as far as that goes. Uh, but you know, just me personally, having the chance to be around y'all guys a little bit more this year, uh, I can see it now. You know what I mean? So. What is the dynamic when, when when you see a football kid come out there, right? And you know he plays different sports or whatever. What is that dynamic like? You know, uh, for example, I was talking about the kid the other day. We was talking about him, the kid that had the good grip that was yeah, hanging on. I was yeah. like, oh man, we need to get that kid to wrestle. He got the yeah. grip, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I try not to jump on kids like right <laughs> off the bat right there because they they know when they see me like coming around. They're like, golly, man, this dude's gonna hound me to come out and wrestle, you know. Yeah. But no, I just try to get. And I, I think I've done a better job of that, you know, the, the further I've came along in my coaching career is getting to know the kids first instead of right. uh, just saying, hey, come on. But I shoot, I've had several of them, Diego and kids like that, like, hey, dude, come on, you're going to wrestling right <laughs> after football as a seventh grader. You're a little fat kid. And he developed into a, a fantastic athlete, Stubbed, a fantastic yeah. human and uh, someone that I'm so proud of, you know, just uh, just to see not his physical and athletic development which was cool but to see his development as a human being and mentally and uh yeah it's uh it's interesting but uh a lot of times man when i see the coaches talking and stuff uh i've seen you teaching them how to wrestle oh yeah yeah you know what i mean so so what does that tell me right like what i mean and what i i hope i hope my peers view me as this is i hope they see how much i i do pour into and it's not their and our type of thing, but their program, you know, their football, it's right. his baby, just like wrestling's my baby. And I hope they see how much, you know, him and the other coaches see how much I pour into it. And because they reciprocate, they reciprocate, you know, and, and they, they come to wrestling matches and they encourage kids to wrestle and, and they encourage kids to, uh, to do things like that. And, uh, 
not only are they just encouraging that they want to know about it too they want to learn they want to know what the benefits are and as as they should as any good coach should know if you have athletes like i know where my athletes are going when i say my athletes the wrestling kids you know but the football kids are just as much my athletes the football i mean i have kids that don't wrestle that i'm just as involved with as kids that are you know wrestled since they were five years old you know and right. it's it's cool to develop those relationships and those are the relationships that people wouldn't expect you know you wouldn't expect me to be you know and this is just a wild example because our kicker wrestles but it you know could be best friends with the kicker you know and you never think the wrestling coach and the kicker you know but you know i can maybe do something for him mentally that no other coach could do you know and just little things like that you know that's how you find good things in your coaching staff and your school as a whole you know you find things that other coaches can help you with and not only can they help you with what will help their program you know what's going to coexist together and make the best athletic environment for elgin you know and that's a that's kind of where i think we're headed you know i think we're headed the right direction as far as we're not creating sports specific kids by any means we're creating kids that are athletes and and that's what we should be doing i feel like i mean and you want me to dive off into it i'll get into just that's what we should be doing as a whole is encouraging kids to stay busy and do things like that because uh-huh. you know there's no big secret or at least i don't think when you get kids to behave you know or you want kids to stay out of trouble i'm always going to be a champion for it. put them in a sport Keep them busy, send them to a practice four out of five days a week, have their asses every weekend, go somewhere and do something or, you know, just be involved in something, be involved, do something. You know, it's it's usually the best, uh, best cure for keeping kids out of trouble. Let me ask you this. And, you know, as a coach, how long have you been coaching? Five years? This will be my seventh season. Seventh season. Okay. So what's one of the biggest hurdles you've had to deal with, with kids? And and, uh, let me narrow this down for you a little bit. You see a kid, he has the potential to be great. They're there, but they only got four years to show it, right? How does that translate to you? What's one of the biggest hurdles, one of the biggest mistakes that kids make? And hell, to be honest, I mean, the parents make. Yeah, um, I see and there's goods and and bad kids will compete just within whatever bubble you put them in you know if if you have a kid and you know you put them in the bubble that hey we need you just to uh compete for you know just just to be out we need you just to be out here you know parents you know if you're a parent you say we just need you to be out there buddy you know just just be involved your kids just gonna be involved you know and they play a little bit they get some time cool if not yeah and that's fine you know some kids need to be that other parents will put their kids into a little bit hey you need to start you need to be a starter you know but then other parents and then some people are unrealistic with it you know also they'd be like hey you need to be the best in the nation right now you know and it's very unrealistic you know so your kids will kind of compete in what bubble you put them in a little bit in that sense but as far as a coach it's it, it, it's the same thing you know um you've got to learn to get them to one it might be yeah we need to compete to be that starter but then as soon as we're there we need to develop a mindset that we need to be 
the best. We need to be the best on the team. And then once we get there, we need to develop to the best. We just don't need to have contentment, you know. So getting kids over contentment, I think, is a big uh, hurdle because, you know, uh, I have plenty of kids that are just like, I'm starter, blah, 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 blah. You know, yeah, all right, you're a starter, good job. There's 22 other kids this year that are starters, you know, or 22 other kids this game that are starters or something like that. You know, let's let's strive for a little bit more. And, and that's not always easy as a coach because kids won't understand. They won't understand that, hey, I'm doing good. Leave me alone, coach. Nah, man, I need you to do better. I need you. I need this. Well, you're a dick, coach. Or you you don't understand, and and that's that's kids that are uncoachable, you know, and kids yeah. that don't. But for the most part, you know, you get the coachable kids, and uh, you push them outside of that comfort zone, and that's hard as a coach because I know this kid's about to go through some really hard things, not only physically, but they're going to go through something hard mentally here, and you know, I could take that away from them, but no, I need to, I need to give them something that's going to be hard for them even if it's going to be hard for me to watch because, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to go in there and just run a kid to death and torture them when I know they've had a hard day and done stuff, stuff like that. But I need to, I need to do that as a coach. I need to be accountable to do that. So those are, those are little hurdles, you know, as a coach that are hard to overcome, you know, putting yourself out of that comfort zone where, yeah, you need to make sure this kid gets outside of this bubble, you know. Earlier you was talking about being a starter. Sometimes kids get caught up in just being a starter, you know. I, I know I did. Uh, what do you think are some of the biggest hurdles in that for the wrestler? For the wrestler, just if I'm just a starter, you know, nobody can take this spot from me. I'm here. I'm going to get to go on these trips no matter what. I'm around. I'm with my buddies. Um, if I don't train too hard, I don't have too much to get upset about if I lose, you know. Yeah. That that's that's the that's the real battle you know is if i don't if i don't put myself out there and become vulnerable by training too hard it ain't gonna hurt real bad when i go out there and lose a heartbreaking match you know that that's the number one obstacle and and that's that's hard to see and that's uh that's hard to deal with sometimes but that's also that's anything in life you're never gonna have a loving relationship if you're not vulnerable you're never going to uh you know you're never going to have anything that's worth the value if you're not putting yourself out there like that you know so that's that's kind of one of the hard things to teach kids but uh you have to you know if you're trying to do the right things and you're trying to be that good of a coach yeah, no, I mean, you're right, man. I think sometimes you got to be, shit, I don't know if this is the right thing to say. I think sometimes you got to be willing to fucking lose. You know what I mean? You got to be willing to put it all on the line. You got to be willing to lose. You have to. You have to. And it's you know, hard, man. Playing it's, it safe. It's, it's, a, it's disgusting to think about sometimes because even, like, I think about it on a deeper level with my own children, you know, and any human. And this this might just be my human reaction, but... You love these kids and you're so invested from them. What if somebody took this from you, you know? But if you teach kids this in wrestling, if you teach them to become vulnerable like that, you know, it'll help them with the, that stuff in life where maybe they don't ever have kids and get to feel the enjoyment that we have, you know, having our children. So, I mean, little things like that is where life will transition into other things that are, that are beautiful or heartbreaking. And, um, when the heartbreaking part happens in wrestling, you know, losing, how do you how do you respond? How do you get better? You know, some heartbreaking happens to you in life. How do you respond? Do you go down? Do you spiral out of control and become, you know, uncoachable and unattainable as an adult? Or do you go back as a wrestler and, and find ways to fix your mistakes? Do you work harder? Do you find ways to train and get better when there's absolutely no reasoning behind it? 
this guy beat you and he doesn't work nearly as hard. Why should I go back and work harder? Just because it's the only way to figure it out. You know, my wrestling coach, Coach Ferdinand, man, he used to always talk to me. And, and uh, one of the things he would tell me is you can be a good athlete, but you got to be coachable. And I think a lot of times today, you know, even then is kids don't understand the the meaning of coachability, what it means to be coachable. Well, and when you're not coachable, like, it's just something that you see, you turn into uh, unapproachable adults, you know, you become an adult where you are a know-it-all, you know, if you're not coachable, it translates into, you're not ever going to be, you know, told what to do by anybody. You're always going to be, oh yeah, I know, leave me alone, what type of thing, you know? So if you're learning to be coachable as a young person, not saying you have to be impressionable, you know, some people are a little too to the other end, you know, but, uh, not saying that by any means, but you can be coachable where it's not you're offensive. You're always offended by everything because somebody tries to tell you to do something different. It's maybe they're telling you something that'll help you out, you know? Yeah, man, I think you're absolutely right. Sometimes it's the anxiety of, uh, you know, everything going on, the not wanting to be wrong. But also the flip side to that is, is sometimes it's the parents, you know, they're over there chirping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and... It's just, uh, it's unfortunate that some people take it to that. And, and some people, I mean, not saying that parents shouldn't, I mean, parents should be involved and they should question things if, if something's not right, but it's just all about how you approach things, you know, and yeah. how, uh, how you approach it to me. I'm not ever going to be defensive unless you just come at me like hot, you know, <laughs> Hell, before we came out here, I was about to cry, chop my wife in the neck. Cause I was trying to cook something and she turned the pan off cause it was burning or something. And. I wanted it to burn like that, but I'm just like, come on now. Trying to get that crisp black on there. <laughs> Don't come at me like that. But I know what I'm doing. <laughs> that's uh, it's it's just one of those things, man. Parents, uh, parents, a lot of times just need to take a step back and let um, because nine times out, not nine times out, but a lot of times, at least in my case, at least trying to tell you this and trying to show you by my examples. I'm there because I want your kids to uh, be successful. I'm not there because I have an ego or I need to have some sort of fulfillment by making this happen. No, I do I do not. I'm coaching because I want what's good for this kids, what's good for this program, and what's good for, you know, like I've talked about in the last podcast, deep down selfishly, what's good for my children is having good children around him, having successful kids around him. So um, it's uh, it's one of those things where I guess I hit on it there. You got to be a good example of that. You can't just talk about it. You need to be that example. And um, there's someone's going to bitch. Someone's going to be pissed. And um, you just you got to go about your business and try to manage that. And how you manage that mentally is important as well because you're not always the worst person. You're not always the best person. You know.